Um, I am. I'm super excited for this new series that we're going into, um, and uh, and I hope you are too. It's called Amazing Grace, and Amazing Grace. The the subtitle that we came up with as we were discussing it was uh, Beyond the Lyrics. And has anyone ever heard of the song Amazing Grace? Anybody? <laughs> Anybody know? Okay, good. There's one person that hadn't heard of the song Amazing Grace. Um, and we, uh, we took much of the foundation of this series from, uh, from Gateway Church in, in Dallas, and so it's, been a, so it's a, just a great to have the, kind of the, some of the structure and some of the foundation from them. Um, but I, uh, I was just, I've been blown away as I've been studying about this topic over the next, uh, that we're going to have for the next few weeks, and even just looking at this song, Amazing Grace. So uh, a guy named John, he grew up in a... Um, in a Christian home, um, and he was, uh, his mom was so instrumental in his life, and she would uh, mentor him and, and uh, have him memorize scripture, and she would be at his, uh, or he would be at her, at her knees when she'd be sitting, she'd be, he'd be on, his, on his knees before her, and, and she would just tell him the scriptures and tell him stories, and they would pray together and all this, and when, when John was about seven years old, his mom died. And life just kind of spun out of control. He, he went from boarding school to boarding school, and he would be on the open seas in the military. And in fact, uh, he ended up um, being pressed into service with the British Navy. And so he was there, and, and what happened was he, he deserted the Navy. And you, you don't do that, I guess in any army or any, uh, any military, um, but, but you don't do that, and so he, but he did, and they, uh, they found him and arrested him and brought him back, and he didn't know what was going on for about two days. He was kind of in wondering what was going to happen to him, and, and after two days, they ended up flogging him, and so he was flogged, and he was sitting there um, after all of this, years after that, that foundation he had with his mom, and he had, he had at this point gone totally away from the Lord, and there was sin and everything. I mean, as far away from God as you can get. And he's sitting there after being flogged and wondering what's going on. He's, he's contemplating either murder or suicide, honestly, is what he said. He said, I, he, in fact, he said this, in, in subsequent thoughts, he vacillated between murder and suicide. He said, I was capable of anything, he, requi- he recalled. I mean, just interesting, the, the, the gut-wrenching honesty that John had. And so he, it goes on from there, and he continues in this uh, military life. There were more voyages, dangers, toils, and snares that followed. It was a life unrivaled in fiction. And then one night on March 9th, 1748, John, he was 23 years old, he was jolted awake by a brutal storm. And this storm came on so suddenly that no one could be prepared for it. The next day, in great peril, he cried out to the Lord, and he later wrote, quote, that 10th of March is a day much remembered by me, and I have never suffered it to pass unnoticed since the year 1748. The Lord came from on high and delivered me out of deep waters, literally. The next several years saw slow, halting spiritual growth in John, but in the end, he became one of the most powerful evangelical preachers in British history, a powerful foe of slavery, and the author of hundreds of hymns. This uh, song, 
amazing grace that many of us have grown to know and love and, and the lyrics. He, uh, um, he wrote that and it was based on his study of First Chronicles chapter 17. King David said this, he says, Who am I, O Lord, and what is my house that you have brought me this far? And yet you have spoken of your servant's house for a great while to come and have regarded me to the rank of a man of high degree. And there is a nearly forgotten verse in that hymn that says this, and he penned this, John, John Newton, by the way. The earth shall soon dissolve like snow, the sun forbear to shine, but God who called me here below shall be forever mine. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound, right? that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm what? I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Isn't that amazing? But the thing is, is we get so comfortable with song lyrics. And we, there are, I mean, there are non-Christian, pre-Christian people in the world that know this. If you've ever been to a funeral, probably you've heard Amazing Grace, right? You, I mean, and, and so we get sometimes lost in the lyrics that we forget the power of the words. And we forget the power of the story. And I want to unpack over the next few weeks the Amazing Grace that God has for each and every one of us. Amazing Grace. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 share this picture of grace. He says, Paul talking to the Ephesians, he says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. By grace through faith. So our part is faith, and his part is, well, everything else. Right? My part is faith. And then he, he, he just does everything else. I love that transaction. I, I, uh, it, it's like, I'll talk in a minute about my daughter. I mean, she really can do nothing for me. I mean, really. Except for capture my heart. We don't, at this church, believe in a sloppy grace that just lets you live the way you want to live. I hope you've, if you've been here long enough, I hope you know that. And if you're a guest with us, I want you to know that. It, 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 this isn't just a, uh, I can just live the way I want to live and then just slap grace onto it. That, that, that's not, that's not what, we're, what we're about. That's not what we're talking about. The other thing is you don't get to have the benefits of the cross without walking through the cross. Does that make sense? And, and there's some people that just feel like there's, there's many ways to heaven and, and God just loves me the way I am and, and I don't have to do it exactly this way. Let me just tell you, let me just be clear. There's one way to heaven and his name is Jesus Christ. And there's no other way. And, and that's not mean. That's not, that, that is actually grace. He's actually saying, guess what? Let me show you the way, I'm the way. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father, gets an all-access pass to heaven, except, except through me. And he says that to you, and it's not to be mean. It's actually because of love. He wants to give you that opportunity, and many of us have walked through the cross of Jesus Christ, and, and 
now get to have the benefits of grace. And if you haven't had that opportunity, today could be your day. Today really could be your day. And um, why not today, right? Why not? I, I look at some questions, you know, when, when, we, when we get saved and we're on this journey of faith and there's rocky patches. How many know there's rocky patches in our walk with God? And, and so the question, will you make mistakes? Yes, you're going to make mistakes. Will you stumble and fall? Yes, you will stumble and fall. Will there be days you doubt and question your faith? And everybody says, yeah, there will be days. But do you have a heart that says, I'm on a journey to surrender fully, to love deeply and to grow intentionally? I mean, that's where he looks at our hearts and he says, do I, do I have your heart? Do I have your heart? You're going to stumble, you're going to fall, you're going to be flat in your face, but do I, do I have your heart? Grace doesn't just let us off the hook, it also empowers us to live rightly. I love that. You know what? Grace absolutely lets you off the hook. Do you know that? Do you believe that? The Bible says that, that you and me, we deserve death, that actually we all deserve to go to hell. We really do. But grace, but God. It, it absolutely lets us off the hook, but it also empowers, and I think sometimes we forget the part of grace, this amazing grace, how sweet the sound. It, it empowers me to Live rightly to be the man that God's called me to be, for you to be the man or the woman that he's called you to be. It is an empowering thing. Uh, there are people who have all kinds of thoughts about grace, and it's interesting. The way you view grace actually affects the way you look at God. It affects the way you look at the people around you, and it affects the way you look at yourself. And, and so I, I, there's people that actually view grace like if you were in a boat and you had two oars and you were rowing upstream, that as long as I keep rowing, as long as I keep rowing, right? As long as I keep rowing, I'm going to make it to heaven someday. As long as I do more good than bad. As long as I keep persevering. As long as I keep trying hard. As long as I keep performing well. But the moment I stop rowing, I'm on my one-way ticket to hell. And you want know the only problem with that picture is? That's not amazing grace. That's amazing you. That's, that's all about you. That's all about your efforts and your rowing and, and your abilities. And that's not amazing grace. In this whole discussion of grace, we, we often wonder, what's my role and what's God's role? And we kind of just talked about it, but it's simple. Your role is surrender. And his role is everything else. Could, could you, maybe for the first time, fully just say, God, my life is yours. And the rest is just details. I, I just surrender my heart, I surrender my life, I surrender my family, I surrender my kids, I surrender my work, I surrender my finances, I surrender all. I surrender all. Sounds like a song. I should write that. That's good. Let me just write those. I got some divine lyrics just now. I surrender all. And so today, this first message on grace is, is, is simple. It actually, it's a, it's a 
title of a book, if you've ever uh, read the book, it's called What's So Amazing About Grace is the title today. What's so amazing? I want to tell you what's so amazing about grace. And, and here's the main thought. Grace is the unmerited, undeserved, unearned kindness and favor of God. How about that? Grace is the unmerited, undeserved, unearned kindness and favor of God. There's a friend that called me actually this week from another state and, and uh, was having trouble with, with somebody close to him um, that, had, uh, that had really hurt his heart. And we were going through all kinds of stuff and I was counseling and giving all kinds of ideas and everything and, and all this. And, and, uh, and finally it came down to this. And I, and I didn't want to get all super spiritual, but come on, I'm a pastor, right? And you got to, at some point, you got to just turn it and say, all right, the Bible says. And so we started looking at this. I'm like, I'm like I totally get your pain. And I, I said, bro, I, I totally get your pain, bro. I totally understand the hurt. I get the, the potential in your heart for unforgiveness and bitterness. I get that, man. I get it. I said, I, said, I know this may sound unfair, but Jesus was betrayed. Jesus was turned over to the authorities by one of his best friends. Jesus sat there and on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them for what? They know not what they do. And I said, I know that sounds unfair to pull Jesus into this, but man, I said, if you believe that Jesus was the perfect model, if you believe in, in, the, in Philippians chapter two that Jesus pushed pause on, on his ability to function as God, he didn't stop being God, he, fun, he pushed pause on his ability to function as God so that he could be the perfect example for me and for you. I, I mean, we talk about miracles like that, right? That he, he did miracles and so now we can, uh, as, a, as a man connected to the source of the Father and the Holy Spirit, then he can flow through me and there could be miracles. We believe that, right? We believe all of, the, all of those things that, that Jesus set the example and so we can follow. You know what? He set the example of grace. My friend was, was wanting to forgive, but I don't, I don't know how. And I said, I said, man, there is a perfect example. And his name is Jesus. And he didn't forgive because he was God. He forgave as a man connected to God. And he was broken and he was hurt. And there was pain. And that's what Jesus did for me and for you. And we didn't deserve it. What's so amazing about grace, there's two things. There's just two, two points today. Um, and, uh, and, and then we'll be out, okay? And you guys are, uh, I'm just, I cut my whole message in half to about an hour and a half. And so we'll, when I, when I, when I saw that, you know, it was going a little bit longer, I thought, you know what? You guys can only handle about an hour and a half of me this morning. So just... That's my gift to you, okay? It's my gift. So the two things is this, is one, uh, it can't be earned and it can't be deserved. It can't be earned. Grace, it, it can't be earned. It, it, we, we read this verse this morning, but Ephesians chapter two, verses eight and nine, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Uh, it can't be earned by our own efforts and our own good works. I, I love this thought. There will be no boasting in heaven. Do you know that? We're, we're all going to get there. 
I love that the fact that the, that the ground is level at the foot of the cross, right? We're all going to get to heaven someday, and nobody is going to be boasting. Nobody's going to be boasting. You will not say, I got here because I kept rowing. Even my righteousness, your righteousness, the Bible says, is like filthy rags compared to his glory. I love Robert Morris, one of, the, one of the pastors that I follow from a distance. He says this. He says, the best thing about you is not even close to the worst thing about God. The best thing about you is not even close to the worst thing about God. What about this? If you didn't earn it, then you can't unearn it. Man, isn't that the truth? Again, you have to understand, when I I started this message, we talked about not a sloppy grace and all of this stuff. But but look, if I didn't earn this thing, I can't unearn it. If it's not by my performance, do you know whose performance this was by? It was by his performance. His performance on the cross. Romans 11, verse 6, it says this, And if by grace then it is no longer of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. But if it's of works, it's no longer grace. Otherwise, work is no longer work. Did you get that? All right, repeat it back to me. Here we go. Oh, wait a minute. You guys got it on the screen. That's no fair. So uh, let's substitute grace and works for free and earned. Watch this. If it's free, it's, it's not earned. If it's earned, it's not free. In other words, if it's by grace, it's not by works. If it's by works, it's not by grace. We have to understand this. This is key. This is foundational to our walk with God. The Baker Encyclopedia of the Bible, in case you were wondering, there's like four people that wanted to know this, but I I thought I'd read it anyways. Grace is the dimension of divine activity that enables God to confront human indifference and rebellion with an, I like this word, with an inexhaustible capacity to forgive and to bless. An inexhaustible capacity to forgive and to bless. Grace is a, is a free gift. I, um, I like birthday gifts. I, I like them. I, I like birthdays, especially mine. Um, Mainly because it's like the one day a year that's about me, you know? And I know some of you are like, you know what? I don't need any day that's about me. Well, I at least need one. I at least need one day that's about me. And so I like birthdays. I like birthday gifts. Um, And wouldn't it be silly to be handed a receipt for a birthday gift? Say, that'll be $83. (laughs) Like, no, (laughs) you missed the point. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, this this is a birthday gift. You will not be getting... A refund, but we, we, we treat it like that. Uh, uh, but that is unless, like, uh, if, if you have a gift from one of your children. I, I remember times like Kaylee, uh, Aria is almost at that age, but Kaylee will, she'll bring me a gift. And there's usually two questions that go through my mind. The, the first question is, what is it? Right? You know it. And the second question is, how much did it cost me? <laughs> right? So other than gifts from your kids, that would be inappropriate to get a receipt for, for a gift. There, there's, a, um, there's a guy, uh, kind of an old preacher guy, he's, he's long, long passed away, his name is D.L. Moody, and he used to say he was, 
glad we're not saved by our good works because he didn't want to sit in heaven and listen to people brag about how they got there. Right? You ever heard of D.L. Moody? A while ago, there was an instant cake mix that was a big flop. Have you ever bought any of those instant cake mixes? Women, uh, admit it. Admit it. All right, good. Thanks. We got an honest person. Instant cake mixes. And, uh, and it was a big flop. The instructions said that all you had to do was add water and then bake, and then, and then you would have a cake. And, and so the, the creators of this cake mix thought, this would be great. Right? Everyone's going to buy it off the shelves. All I have to do is add water and put it in the oven and bake. Uh, I mean, for real. I mean, that, that would help my life. And, uh, uh, and so, but it was a big flop. Uh, the company couldn't understand why it didn't sell until their research discovered that the buying public felt uneasy about a mix that required only water. And so they went back to the drawing board and had you know, all of their research and development teams and all this, and finally they decided, let's just add an egg to the instructions. And so they reformulated this whole thing, and they said, just add an egg and water and then mix and then bake, and, and it like sold off the shelves, which was really interesting because people were suspicious of something that was so easy, that was so simple. Are you serious? Like, I don't believe you. And isn't that the same way we treat grace? That we treat the gospel? Like, no, there has to be more to this. That's a little bit too good to be true. I need to probably do a little bit more than just add water. I, I, I'm, I'm sure there's more to this thing. And even if it's true, it must not taste that good. Oh, I'm talking about the cake. I'm sorry. Her number two, it can't be deserved. It can't be earned and, and it can't be deserved. Romans chapter three, verse 24 says this, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Freely, justified freely. In other words, undeservedly. The word grace there, it's a, it's a word um, in the original Greek, it's charis. Maybe some of you have named your, your daughter charis or you know someone named charis. In the, in the Greek, the C is silent, so it would actually be haris. Everyone say, and you have to kind of hock a little bit, haris, right? So you go to your friends or your family members that are named charis and you say, actually, I learned that your name is haris, right? You know, and see what they say to you. But it was a, it was a cultural word and before it was a spiritual word, it meant a benevolent gift from a superior to an inferior. That's what, that's what, what it meant. And it, it, it means much more even spiritually, but before that it was a cultural word. It was a benevolent gift from a superior to an inferior. It involved three parties. There was a patron. Everyone say patron. Okay. And the patron provided the goods. And then there was a client that received the goods. So let's say the patron owned a clothing store and he wanted to provide clothes for the critically poor in the area. So this is how it would work. Uh, he, there, he would actually go and he would bring the critically poor to the patron and so they would, he, would, he would be the one that would unite them. So who's the third party? Well, the third party is the broker. The broker would see the needs of the inferior and bring the inferior together with the superior. The broker. Who's the broker in our story? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. There's 
the patron, there's the client, and there's the broker. There's the inferior, and, and then there's the one who's perfect, who has everything. And Jesus, by his grace, Romans 3.24, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. I started understanding God's love when, um, when I started having children. Um, when Kaylee was born, um, it's interesting, like, you don't know. Now, I'm, I'm sure mothers, like, the baby's growing inside you or whatever, and I'm sure that there's something that happens. You're like, oh, I love this child. But for me, I'm, 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 a, I'm a guy, and, you know, I loved the idea, and I was, I was, you know, like, this is great, this is exciting, but it wasn't until she came out. It was like there was a supernatural transaction <laughs> that happened the moment and I got to hold Kaylee first and, and, you know, she was all, you know, getting cleaned up and all this stuff. And then I'm like, like taking my time to give her to her mom. And I'm looking at her in the face and like, like there was a love there that just instantly dropped into my heart that I didn't have before. And you know what? She didn't do anything to deserve it. Like she, she didn't like perform well. She wasn't like this like super genius baby that all of a sudden started walking like the moment she popped out. She didn't like come out singing like, like and I'm like, whoa, this is, we need to get the news crews here. I mean, there wasn't anything. I mean, she, she did come out crying and by the way, hasn't stopped after five years. And so I started understanding grace and love at a whole nother level, like what the Father thinks about me and, and about you. She doesn't, like, have to try to be my daughter. You know that? It just is. She doesn't have to, like, like work this, something up and, and try really hard and, and like, I'm, oh, now I'm, I'm his daughter. Like, she just is my daughter. I mean, it's the same way with you and me, with, with God the Father as we walk through the cross and we realize that like, I don't have to try to be his son. You don't have to try to be his son or his daughter. It just is. There's, there's not a performance thing there. My love for her had nothing to do with what she could do for me. What she could do is she could capture my heart. I remember moments like that. Maybe you've been around children or you could at least imagine with me. Maybe you've had your own kids and but there were times with Kaylee where she would do like this it was weird like she would do this worm crawl all across the floor and like I would come home and she would she couldn't crawl in fact she was kind of she was one of those lazy babies that like you knew that she could crawl she probably could walk too but she just for whatever reason she was going to do it her way and she did this like army worm crawl all across the floor to me Anytime I came home. And it was like the cutest thing. And I would just stand there like I could probably go and pick her up. But I was just like, no, I'm just going to let her. I'm just going to let her uh, all across the, the floor. You know? It's good for her, for her lungs and for her, for her arms. That's what I heard. And, and so like, so, right? She would do stuff like that. Or she would bring, like we'd be outside and she would bring me a leaf that was dead and crunchy. And she'd be like, you know, I'm like, oh, that, that's awesome. I'm going to, like, put it on the refrigerator or something. Or, like, when you're not looking, I'm going to put it in the garbage. Like, 
I mean, there was, right? You know, and you do, this, you do the same, same thing as me, I think. Um, Aria, I think it was just yesterday, our, our youngest, she'll be two in December, and she just, she dumped out her mom's, the con, all the contents in her mom's purse, just on the floor, and looked over, and I'm like, I'm like, Aria, what are you doing? You don't touch mommy's purse. She's like, okay. And then she looked back at like the mess, and she goes, And like that moment, like we couldn't be like mad at her anymore. Her mom and I were just laughing and laughing and laughing. I'm just like, if you weren't too. <laughs> right? I mean, this is, this is the picture. The undeserved <laughs> grace. I mean, how often are we in that proverbial picture of dumping the contents of our mom's purse on the ground and then, and then getting like, oh, it's so cute. Right? I, I mean, having children just transformed the way I looked at that. I want to I show you a picture on a video here of God's grace. And I want you to show that it, I want you to see that it's undeserved, that it's um, unearned, that you can't do anything. And I know some of you in this room, you're like, I know that, but I still, I just want to clean my life up first and then, and then, and then I'll, then I'll be ready. I'm like, you know what? Just as you are, right where you're at, would you let the Lord carry you? Watch this. Hunter um, is the, the older boy and Braden's the younger boy. And uh, I think Hunter is about um, 16 years old. And this story, it's actually happened right near um, Bo and Linda's hometown. So it's just kind of interesting. And, um, but Hunter, he, uh, his brother has cerebral palsy and he wanted his brother to be able to, to be part of this race and all this stuff. They, they ran 111 miles with him on his back and they trained for it and he had to go to the um, Brady who has cerebral palsy had to go through physical therapy to get ready. I mean, it was just incredible. And they, but he carried him. He carried him on his back. It took five days and they would stop ever so often and they'd get a hotel or something like that. And they had people that at one point they had like 200 people just walking with them and, and, and then they get to the, to the capital and, and uh, the, the last half mile 
they let Brady like do the last half mile kind of by himself in his walker. And, and they were just right there encouraging him and then, and then Hunter carries him up the steps and all this. And man, you know that like Brady didn't do that by himself. You know, it was actually physically impossible for him to do 111 miles by himself. And the thing is, is that I'm Brady and you're Brady. And it's physically impossible. It is absolutely impossible for us to get to heaven on our own, for us to do this Christian walk on our own. Like, you don't deserve it. You can't earn it. There's nothing you can do. You're Brady and I'm Brady. And the Lord is carrying us this whole way. I love it. Everything that we've done is because the Father's been carrying us. Pastor Kelly and your team, you want to come and so we're, the journey we're going to be on the next few weeks is seeing this amazing grace play out in our life. What's so amazing about grace? Here it is. You can't earn it and you don't deserve it. That's the amazing thing. You know, some of you have stories. Some of you have stories of, of stuff in your life that you've done or that's been done to you and and we would never in a million years wish any of that on you, right? And there's some of us in this room that have stories of like, we, like, uh, like we never did anything wrong and, and, and nothing wrong's ever been done to us and, 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 and yet you just as much need the Father to carry you. The, the ground is, is level. I, I don't know what you've experienced or what you've dealt with or the pain that you've felt and all this stuff or, or if you feel like you've just been goody two-shoes for your whole life. This morning, grace is for all of us. Can we stand this morning? I want us to worship here with this one last song and if any of you need someone to pray with you, you need some area of breakthrough in your life or maybe something in this message hit you in your heart and you'd say Pastor Jonathan you know what I need to understand grace in a whole new way maybe you've been saved for a long time and you've just been like like grace was a free gift but somehow you found yourself working for it this whole time and you want a fresh encounter with the king of all kings and lord of all lords that would just say hey stop stop working so hard this thing was free then and it's free now or maybe you'd say pastor jonathan I, I don't know that i if i were to die today i don't know if i would even go to heaven and that grace that you talked about i need that in my life and whatever whatever situation that you're in if you need breakthrough in some area of your life or you find that this message touched your heart, would you just find yourself coming up here and Pastor Bo's gonna be here and there'll be some other people, some of you that normally pray with people, would you come up and just come up during the song as Kelly's leading and then in a few minutes we're gonna close and be out.